Well, Merry Christmas. We're super excited that you're here. We know that God has uh, done a great work to have all of you come and celebrate Christmas morning. Uh, you know, we're so thankful for new people. We love new people, and I'm sure there's a lot. I know family and friends are here, and we just want to share with you the love of Christ. This is who we are as a church. We're a church that never passes up an opportunity to present the gospel to people. Even though it's Christmas morning, we made a decision long ago, no holiday or no issues will hold us back. We're going to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we do that not because we have to. We do that because everyone that's here, leadership and on staff and stuff, would do it for free because God, God's given us so much, and we're grateful for that. So uh, you know what I want to do today? Is there a bunch of kids here today? If you're a kid, will you stand up real quick? I know you feel like you want to stand up, John, but just... Uh... Hey, we have a bunch of kids here. I just want to pray for our kids. We believe in our kids so much. That every service we pray for our kids, and I don't want to miss out on Christmas Day, so put your hand around some of the kids. There's a couple of immature people. Put your hand close to them as well, and uh, let's pray for them. But we always pray for our kids every Sunday, so let's pray. This is our future generation, and if we don't get serious about praying for these kids, this is where we're going to be led. So let's pray for the kids so that they will be blessed. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray for our kids. True blessings, true uh, um, richness in our life. We thank you for who they are and what they are. We know that kids bring us such joy. And Lord, I pray that today they will hear a message that will make sense to them, that will grab a hold of their heart, and they will hear something and step into that place of ministering the gospel to their friends and family. We thank you for our kids. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen. amen. Thank you, kids. If you've never been to our church, our church is about the kingdom of God. We put the kingdom first. We challenge people on Sundays and Wednesdays to go into this world and tell people about Jesus, invite them to church, and it doesn't have to be our church because we don't care. That's not the point of church is to bring people into our church. It's to bring people into the kingdom of God. And if they decide to go to another church in town or in this country, praise God because that's who we are. That's the gospel that God has given us, that it's not about us building an army in journey. It's about us building the kingdom of God through Jesus Christ. And what we do on Sundays on a normal basis and on Wednesdays is we try and preach a real life Christian gospel. What does it look like to be a real human being that walks in the gospel of Jesus Christ? None of us are perfect. Trust me. If you're here, I'm dyslexic. I make more mistakes than one pastor could do in a whole year in service. But God doesn't care. He honors that and people love that. And we need to be in a place where there's authentic hope and real Christianity. And that's who we are. Long ago, God said, said a group of us, hey, I want you to take the love of Jesus Christ this thing that radically transforms people, and I want you to go out into com the community, Ventura, Oxnard, Ojai, Thousand Oaks, never Newberry, but Thousand Oaks, <laughs> Westlake, Camarillo, and share this beautiful love of Jesus to one person that needs it at that particular moment. We call it loving the world one person at a time. That's who we are, and that's what we're trying to do at this church. And we're led by the Spirit of God that was left after Jesus left this earth, another entity of God that we can tap into. 
And that's what we have. Today we are talking about, we're continuing in our series called Behold. Today we're going to talk about Behold, the new is here and there's no more waiting. We pray, I'm part of a pastor's uh, group that prays regularly on Wednesday, and we've been praying for revival since I've been in it. Well, what I've read about revival, it starts within me, and it starts within you, and we're praying right now that that revival starts moving in you because it's here now. There's no reason to wait. We have a reason to stand up and celebrate, and that reason is Jesus. Now, what do we behold? We behold that Jesus one day not only died for the, on, the, on the cross for our sins, but he's going to come back. And that's where our memory verse is. Here's our memory verse. It's from Revelation 1-7. It says, Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him. Behold, we have the Lamb of God that will come back one day, and every eye will see him. And then it continues. It says, even those who pierced him and all the tribes on the earth will wail upon the account of him. Even so, amen. What does that mean? It means one day every knee will bow because he is going to show up in the clouds and everybody on earth will know him and see him and some will wail. Oh man, why didn't I take Jesus as my Lord and Savior? Others that are Christians will be wailing for the glory of God. Thank you, you are finally here. That's what we will. And either way, the gospel says, even so, amen. No matter what, we who call ourselves Christians will wail on the good side. Today, we're preaching to people that are both on the good side or on Jesus' side, I guess it's, and, and the people that aren't there. And we want to bring them in. Not because we have the right answer, because this is the way that they will have eternal life as well. Which happens to be the truth. So we're talking about this series, Behold. What does behold mean? To behold something is to look with a purpose, to like contemplate something. To behold something is to observe fully. And as this morning I was sitting on my, uh, on my kitchen table and I was just sitting back thinking about the year and, and I was thinking about this guy. You guys ever seen this, this uh, contemplation kind of statue? When you think about this, this is what this series is about. When is the last time you sat back and truly contemplated God and his son and the Holy Spirit? When is the last time you just sat back and you kind of go, huh, what does everlasting life look like? What does a new heart for God look like? What should I behold? And I'm challenging you today, give God five minutes of contemplation today. Behold something about him. Maybe something you heard here. Maybe something that you saw in a song, uh, uh, sang in the song. Or maybe it's something you read on a bumper sticker that's healthy out of here. But contemplate God for who he is. Truly understand who Jesus is, who came into the world as a savior, who sacrificed himself so that you and I may have shalom, or peace, and that we can be sanctified. That means right with him, cleaned up. I don't know about you, I need cleaning every day, and he sanctifies us when we ask him to work in our life. That's one of the full, for sure, prayers that he will answer. Today we're going to look at the book, uh, 2 Corinthians 5, and we're going to use this as a, a, a message to talk about the new things. Who got something new today? Amen. I got some socks that I really like, my Christmas socks today. I can't let you read them, but uh, you can uh, see these socks. 
So we've all got something new today, but God wants to give you a fresh revelation or something new. So if you are able to stand, let's stand at our church. The word of God is worthy to be stand. It's worthy to stand and praise it. So let's read and use this as a, as a blessing. It says this, from now on, therefore, we regard no one uh, according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who Christ reconciled us to him and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting and entrusting us to the message of reconciliation. Whew, couldn't see it. Therefore, we are ambassadors of Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore on, on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made, a, he made him to be, sin, to be sin who knew no sin, so that we might be the righteousness of God. Whew. It was a challenge. There you go. There's my first couple mistakes right there for the day. Hey, today what I want to do is I want you to pray. I want you to pray that no matter what, you will hear a message from God, not from me, but from God. He will speak to your heart. If you just make a way in your heart right now, listen to him, and I promise he will speak. He does it every week here. So let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for your word. We pray that new things will come and that the old will pass away. And that you will teach us how to behold you, to look at you with contemplation, and be excited about the revelation that you give us. Father, we love you and we praise you and ask you that you speak to us as a congregation. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. amen. Go ahead and be seated. So what we do every Sunday is we take a piece of scripture that God has challenged us to speak about and, and we use it to, to preach a message. And here's what we're going to talk about today. Really the verse that I want to focus on is verse 17. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. And behold, the new has come. Now think about that. People have lost people and they've passed away. That's what we're talking about here. And we want to communicate that as the Christmas message. We read, it into, uh, we read it together so that it's in context, so that we don't take it out of context. But this is really the sentence and the verse that we want to communicate. When there's a therefore in the Bible, it's pretty powerful because it can connect all the way back to the beginning of 2 Corinthians. This therefore connects to the two verses prior to it. And here's what it says when he says therefore. He's talking about this verse in verse 14. He says therefore, and then he connects back. For Christ's love compels us because we were convinced that one died for all, therefore all died. And then Paul continues to say, hey, Christ came into the world to die so that you and I can die and be lifted up to, by God. Love compels us to do crazy things. That's what he's talking about. And if you love Jesus, you are trying to die to self and die to the old and move into the new. The Apostle Paul wants us to understand that you and I, if you call yourself a Christian, no longer live on our own, our, our own um, fuel, 
our own body, our own desires. That has died. That has passed away. Our lives are no longer about what we want to be about. Our lives are about the, the heavenlies. We're no longer about the worldly things and our fleshly desires or our worldly uh, needs. We are about things of spirituality. The Apostle Paul is trying to tell us, what does a new creation look like? People got new gifts and opened them up, and there's, there's toys and uh, uh, clothes and whatever else you got. But what does a new creation look like? What do we as a church look like when we are new in the glory of God? What does that look like? The Apostle Paul then wants us to reflect back to John chapter 1. And if you know the Bible, it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and He was with God, and He was going to be God, and He is God. That's what it says. And then he communicates a little bit later about being a new believer, a new creation, uh, a, a newborn Christian. And Jesus was not received by many, but those that did receive him received this new creation. And this is what the Apostle Paul is trying to get us to so that he understands, so that we understand what a new creation is. John chapter 1, verse 12 says, But all who, had, who, all who did receive him, gave, he gave him, that be God, the right to be the children of God. To those who believe in his name, they have the right to be the children of God. Who were born not of blood, or not of the will of flesh, or the will of man, but of God, or of the will of God. So a new creation is not something that was born of man or man's makings. It's born of the will of God. It's nothing that your flesh or your spirit can do apart from God. A new creation comes from God and, and, and the old stuff needs to pass away. That's what the Apostle Paul is trying to communicate. We don't inherit this new thing. We don't get it passed down from grandma and grandpa. Or their grandma and grandpa. It's not that kind of thing. It's something different. We didn't get a chance. We don't get a chance as individuals to recreate ourselves. A lot of people and a lot of religions and a lot of things in this world are saying, I can recreate my own self if I look within. That's not right. That's not true. The Bible tells us, and what we see through God is it has to come from somewhere else. And that has to come from God. God simply doesn't come in and clean up our old nature. Many of us want God to come in with a dump truck or a trash can and just clean us all up. That's not how it works. And some people in this room or in this community, in this country, are stuck waiting for the dump truck to come and do uh, 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 the hoarder thing and pull all the junk out. That's not what God does. God creates something new, fresh, and unique. He wants to recreate you from the inside out. He doesn't want to just clean the trash around your house. He wants to get into the soul and do soul work and truly open you up for something new and fresh. And that's what we're talking about today. The old is gone. It's passed away. And if you've ever lost someone, and trust me, I have, it hurts. It hurts. For you to be having your old pass away, it's going to hurt for some. I know it hurt for me. But the new has come. The old stuff passes away. The old selfish pride, the love of sin, that stuff passes away. The, 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 the works and the habits that we have, the things that we rely on, those pass away. Our habits and our opinions and our passions, those things need to pass away so that the new thing that God can do in us can be built up so that we can experience the newness of God. 
Most significantly, the self stuff needs to pass away. What do you think about in self? The supreme of love of self, the self-righteousness, self-promotion, and self-justification. That self stuff needs to go away because it's blocking you from experiencing God in all of his glory. I'm a selfish man and have been for years. And at one point when God intersected me in a place that was dark and dreary, I had to give up self. I had to get on my knees and I had to cry, Lord, I don't want to live like this. And he said, get out of my way then and die to self so that I can come in and I can live right with the glory of God. And it was painful. And today he's telling people in this room, behold, the new has come. No longer waiting, it's here. And all you have to do is reach out and grab a hold of it and make a decision that I can be new if I'm just willing to die to self. And I'm not trying to say it's going to be easy and that you're going to be rich and everything's going to be perfect December 26th. Trust me, it's not. But over time, in a year or two, your life can be radically transformed. In 40 days, you'll start seeing things different. In a, in a couple of weeks and months, things will start to change. And in years, you'll look back and you'll say, wow, what has happened to me? As I was contemplating this morning, I was looking, man, I've had all kinds of new things happen in my life this year. And I wasn't worried about the new things. I was blown away by what God can do with a knucklehead that was so selfish that he would choose drugs and alcohol over his family. That's me. Think about that for a second. Who I am, I made a decision to choose something of less for the greatest thing in my life. And then God comes in and he says, you knucklehead. I was going to say something else, but I chose not to. <laughs> My wife would have been upset, so I chose not to say that. God brings new things into new life. Behold, a new creature, a new Christian, a new heart looks something like this. You start focusing on Christ and Christ things and not focusing on the inside things in your life. You stop worrying about what you need and you start focusing on what God needs and what the people around you. And for some of you, that starts in your home. You've got to look to your you got to look to your house and go. How can I be of Christ-like within my home? That's something new. A new creature, a new Christian, looks outwardly towards God and gets away from that inward stuff. The old things die. That stuff that you pass away was nailed to the cross where Jesus died. That old passing, that old Jeff, that old you has to be nailed to the cross because that did enough for all of us. And we no longer need to go back. But we are stuck because we're waiting for the junk trucks to come in and do all the work with that crew. And the truth is, before that happens, you've got to confess, I need a savior. I need something new. And you don't have to be a new Christian. or You don't have to be a, a, a non-believer to have that. You can be in Christ for years and still not have something new because you're waiting for something wrong. You need to actually ask God, what am I holding on to and how can I glorify you um, by getting rid of my old behavior, my old self? I have to say goodbye to Jeff. I remember mourning about New Year's Eve about 15 years ago 
What do you do on New Year's Eve if you don't drink? What do you do? I know what I do today, but I didn't have an understanding. I had to say goodbye to that. And now I sit back and I was, Rachel came up to me today, a dear friend, and she says, if all I had was this family at church, it would be good enough. Today I would celebrate my family with you and I don't need to drink and use because you guys are enough for me. I can look out into this crowd and look at 100 or 200 or 300 people and say, you're enough for me. I don't need to go back because what's in front of me is far greater. We have to invite a spiritual being inside of us so that we can have a spiritual experience. And that spiritual being is called the Holy Spirit. It's holy It's not an evil spirit, it's holy. And it comes in and it starts to put us in a holy mindset so that we can live in the holy place and see things for who they truly are and what they truly are. Dead things are replaced with new things that give an abundance of life. And the life really hasn't changed. It's not that I'm rich and got all kinds of money and I'm rolling in billions of dollars. The life is I've got little and I'm content because what is new is God and I see things completely different. That's called the abundance of life. When you take whatever little you have and you say this is good and I praise you God for who you are and what you have given me. We start to despise the things of the world and we start to reject the old ways and we start to look to the new things and say, behold, I am new and I need to no longer look to the past because what you have for me is far greater than anything that I've ever had in my life. And I stand in awe of who you are. I start looking at things differently, which truly blesses God. And he looks down and saying, finally, my son, finally, my daughter, finally, my child, you are on the right path. And now he applauds you for saying, thank you for putting me first. Let me reward you by good behavior and right living and putting your heart by giving you an abundant of life. And if you contemplate abundance, you will see it completely differently. What happens when we become new in Christ, we start to see the world differently. We start to look at this Bible. I don't know. I mean, I had this Bible many years ago. And when I would open it, man, there's a lot of words in here. I don't know about you, but there's not very many pictures in my Bible. But once the grab got a hold of my heart, once God came inside, all of a sudden, the things started to come alive. They started to pop out. Remember the old 3D books that we have? Anybody get one for those Christmas? I love those books. When I open up the Word of God, like in Isaiah or Jeremiah, what's long and arduous to some, it starts to come alive because we start looking at things differently. Because your heart has changed and you're no longer focused on your job or your kids or your wife and how she is. You're starting to focus on the things of God and you start seeing things and reacting differently. You're saying goodbye to self and you're letting the old stuff diminish. The sin and the self starts to become smaller and smaller. Today my sin is 100% different than it was 15 years ago. And that's good. But it still needs work. 
When we are a new creation, we are a new creature, when we consider ourselves a new Christian, we have feelings towards people differently. We start looking at the world completely different. Even the adversaries of you, we look different. We start looking at our friends and family, and we're happy to see that grouchy uncle. Sorry if you're here today. Or aunt. We start looking at our family and friends differently. We start having compassion for our enemies. If you're a Christian and you've been in Christ, you start looking at your enemies and going, man, i got to say something. I've got to get right with them because this isn't how I'm supposed to live. A new creation starts looking at everything and saying, where can I put his love? His love compels us to do great and crazy things. His love controls us. His love compels us. And if you're open to being controlled by his love, it will radically change you and take you to places far greater than you've ever been. And I'm not talking to Aruba or Argentina. I'm talking about places inside your soul, inside your heart, inside your life. All those places are good, and he might take you there too. But first, he has to do the work inside of you. And if you're willing to put yourself in the front of God, behold, something new will come. And I don't stand up here preaching this because I don't believe it happens. I know. I've already confessed who I really am. Now you've got to confess who you really are. You've got to put that on the cross. You've got to make a decision. Is that cross enough for your life? Or are you just too selfish to see it? Behold, a Christmas gift is here for you. And we go back to the verse 18, and this is what God wants. All of this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself. He gave us this ministry of reconciliation. Behold, here is the gift. He came in so that all of us, all of mankind can be reconnected or reestablished or reconciled to him who made us. And all that tap into that then find the key or the, 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 the um, truth to life and they start living differently. He's given us this ministry of reconciliation and it starts at home in your soul and your heart first. And then you can go out and do more. And here's, the, here's some more application. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and, but entrusting them to the message of reconciliation. God says, I'm not going to count all your wrongs so that you can move closer to me. I'm going to get rid of those and not even look at them. I'm going to cast those aside. But then if you do this, I'm going to entrust you with taking my message and reconciling the world. He's entrusting us. Are you willing to trust him? Faith is part of this journey Trust is what you need to do tomorrow if you accept Jesus today. You have to trust that he is going to do and say and be who he really is. If you're here today, I'm going to invite Jeremy back up. We're going to sing a couple songs to close. If you're here today, there's a reason. Your family brought you here for a reason. They cared enough about you to drag you through uh, this terrible winter that we're having. 
Anybody have to dig their car out of the wind today? It was a lot. Somebody brought you here for a reason. If you're a Christian here today, you're here for a reason. You're here to start praying and interceding for the people around you. This is a family. This is a family church. We believe in this group and everybody in this room. We believe that God can change and radically transform each of us. So if you're here today, you're here because the family wants you to be a part of the family. So thanks for coming. Here's what it is as application. If you had some application today, you look at verse 20 and 21. It says, therefore, if you've accepted this mission, and the mission is to receive him and become new, and then take this love that compels us and go out and love the world one person at a time. If you receive this new and walk away from the old, you let the love compel you to move forward, it says, therefore, we are then ambassadors for Christ. We are then ambassadors. When we put an ambassador into another country, they're representing everything that we believe as Americans. When we become ambassadors for Christ, we are representing him as Jesus. You're going into your family's house tonight, and if you're an ambassador, you're representing Jesus Christ in your home. And hopefully you've got a few others there. And you're all representing and, and sharing the love of God. And because of that, God is glorified. God is making appeal through us. We implore you on, our, on behalf of Christ to be reconciled with God. That's the first application. And then for our sake, he is made, to, for our sake, he made him to be sin who no, knew no sin so that we might be the righteousness of God. The second thing is to go out and be the righteousness of God. Righteousness in the Latin says to live right. What is to live right? To live right is not to live for your own selfish ways. To live right is to put God first. Put God first. Think about that. That means that you put your kids who had one of the best Christmases and are still going to grandma's house, I heard, and are going to open up more Christmas presents. There's a couple over there we're negotiating on some present giftings for ourselves. We need to give and be reconciled and live right. So if you're here today, you're here for a reason. Today I want to give you something to grab a hold of. I want you to walk away with a piece of God in your heart. I want to make a declaration. I've been standing up here since about 10.30 and there was nobody in the room about, except about three people and I was preaching to, the, to throw those three people because I knew God wanted to do something then as he wants to do something right now. God is starting to work and move in our hearts and he's starting to build us up. And so we need to make a de declaration. We need to declare him. We need to put him first. Putting aside our kids who we love. Putting aside our wife who we love. And putting him first. And then our wife. And then our kids. And then, I don't know about you, but my pastor job's down here. And that's because his love compels me to put him first. 
Here's the declaration. Today, if you're here, I want you to look at this declaration. I declare that I am new in Jesus. Every day it says that we are new and fresh in Jesus Christ. Every day we have 24 hours to live for the glory of God. Every day you have an opportunity. If you've been a Christian for 60 years or 6 minutes, you have an opportunity to live new for Christ. Today I declare I am new in Jesus. I want to open up a new place in my heart, a new place in my mind, and a new place in my soul, no matter where you are or where you stand for with God. You need to declare that. Today, I'm going to declare that I am forgiven by Jesus for no reason, but he loves me. Today, I declare that I have freedom and it reigns if I'm willing to choose it. I declare that. Today I declare that I am loved undeniably forever and for always until the, until the end or until we meet again, Jesus. And finally, today I declare that I am a disciple of Jesus Christ, willingly seeking him and willingly following him every day till death do us part. Will you just bow your heads? Lord, I thank you that you have brought us together as a family to celebrate the birth of Jesus. But there's so much more. There's newness in this place today. There's all kinds of new stuff and there's all kinds of new presents and new toys to play with. But today we stand in awe because the new thing that really comes is new believers into Christ. If you're here today and you feel this tugging, that's God challenging you to step over and into the glory room of God. Walking away from self and letting those old things die. Church, there's someone here that right now is battling themselves. Will you just start praying that they will push over into this new life? Will you start praying that they will come to know Jesus and they will find a home in a church somewhere in this world and serve him diligently? If that's you today and you're in this place, I pray that the name of Jesus Christ reigns truly in your heart. And if you repeat after me, you will step into this new place for Jesus. All you have to say is a simple prayer. The prayer goes like this. Father, forgive me. Come into my heart. Come into my soul. And be my Lord and Savior forever. I believe in my heart that you died for me. And I believe that you resurrected from me. Even though I might not comprehend that yet, I believe it. Holy Spirit, come upon me as I ask for your lordship in my life to teach me to walk in your ways from this day forward. We say these things in the name above all names, Jesus Christ and all God's people shouted, Amen.
thankful that you came today and celebrated Christmas. You added us to part of the church to be a part of your Christmas day. Honestly, on behalf of the church and the, the council and the leaders and the staff, we thank you. So we want to give you guys a hand for coming on Christmas day. So now we walk away and God has overcome someone in this room, if not many people in this room. There's new people that have made a commitment. There's people that are standing up that have been a Christian for years and saying, I'm going to stand up and overcome the world because the old me has gone. So what do we do? It says in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, it says, as Christians, we walk by faith, Amen. not by sight. 
Walk out of here today knowing that you have overcome the world, not by your own doings, but by the glory of God. And now you go out and walk by faith, trusting him and not worrying about what you see. Because our eyes will deceive us. And we have overcome the world through Jesus, not through our own place. So today, we're going to sing one more song before we close. And it's called Overcome. It's one of the most powerful songs that I could sing. My heart leaps for joy. And I wanted to, I want to declare it over all of you that we are overcomers in Jesus. We can overcome anything that's in this room. I promise you, if you're struggling and mourning today, we can overcome that. If you've got a financial issue, God says, put it in my hands. You can overcome that through me. If your relationship is on the verge, lift it to the glory of God because he has overcome and changed relationships even at the worst point of their life. We have a God that teaches us how to overcome and rest in his glory. So let's sing this like it's the last song we'll ever sing. God bless you. Thank you for coming. Have a great day in the Lord.